So the altar, so we're going to go stick a further in the altar, and uh, we're on to the Maimah Tikkun Amidas. And he begins the Maimah with a Gemara in Shabbos. The Gemara in Shabbos says the following thing, Amr Chazal, the Siyatsu Besachti Sahar. It describes the Jewish people encamped at the mount, foot of Mount Sinai, and the way the verse renders it is, and they stood at the bottom of the mountain, but the, the Loshan Besachtis, as opposed to Al-Yadu, or Keneged, it's almost as if the Pesach says, and they stood underneath the mountain. So the Shailah is, well, if they were underneath the mountain, so where was the mountain? Vice <laughs> days, the mountain was above them. So it says, the Gemara in Shabbos, Melamed, this teaches us, Shekofa Aleim Esahar Kagigis. HaKadosh Baruch flipped over the mountain upon them like a barrel. So it must be, the understanding has to be that the, the mountain seems as if the way HaKadosh Baruch picked it up and put it over them, it was hollow. It was hollow. Otherwise it wouldn't be like a barrel. Kofarim HaKagigis. He suspended over them like a barrel, meaning if you imagine uh, this disposable cup and it's got a hollow interior and you flip it over and therefore if you put it over the person so you trap them inside the cup, they can't get out. So the Gemara says, Im atem mekablim HaTorah said to them, If you receive the Torah, Mutav, good. Vimlav, the alternative, not so rosy. Sham take Vuraschem. There you will be your burial place. It sounds as if HaKadosh Baruch held the mountain over them and he said there's two options over here. Either you can accept the Torah or else I will lower the mountain and assuming that the mountain would be surrounding them so but they would die there. Amar of Achaba Yaakov So of Achaba Yaakov says Mikan Moidor Rabbi So from here we have a Moidor Rabbi Loraisa. Moidor Rabbi means as follows. The notion of a Moidor is when a person is about to commit a act which has legal significance. For example, is about to buy a field or sell a field. Let's take the example of selling a field and two people come up to him and they say, would you like to sell your field? And he says, no, under no circumstances. And they say, well maybe Charlie will convince you to sell the field. You say, who's Charlie? To which a man produces a magnum 0.38 and places it solidly on the forehead of the potential seller and says, if you sell the field, so then I will not pull the trigger and blow out your brains. If you decide not to sell the field, so then I'll kill you. So the man says, well, now it's completely different. Of course, I'd love to sell the field. So they say, okay, well, let's sign the document. So in between signing the document and this duress, the man rushes over to two other Jews who happen to be close by and he says, I'm telling you now that the sale I'm about to enter into is done so under duress and therefore the commitment I make is not binding because it's not an expression of my own volition and will. He then returns to the people who want to buy the field and he signs a document saying, I have gladly agreed to accept to sell the field. The field is seemingly transacted. If at any point in time he's able to produce these two witnesses 
or he wrote them a document which they signed saying that he was insincere in the selling of his field so the sale is reneged and the deal is null and void because when a person performs an act under duress there is no relevance to that action because it doesn't come from his own accord in order to affect an acquisition one requires das, he requires acquiescence he has to want to do it and he has to agree to do it if he doesn't so the sale is not binding so from this Rav Ahaba Yaakov says it comes out that the Jews acceptance of the Torah the commitment yes we will receive the Torah was not a binding commitment because they were done they were forced to make the commitment under duress and therefore says Rav Ahaba Yaakov there's a there's a way of getting out of the fact that the Torah is binding upon us comes along Rava on my Rava Afal P came even though there was this Maidor Rabba 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 they re-accepted the Torah in the times of Achashverosh. They maintained and they received the Jews. What does it mean that they maintained and they received? The Chorah could have done the job, the Apostle could have done the job by saying, They kept what Mordechai and Esther told them. What does it mean that they kept and they received? On this, the Gomorrah Darshans, they maintained what they already received, meaning they said, yes, we do want the Torah. So it seems that the Gemara sets down a series of three different stages. They were called to Har Sinai, and they were stood by the mountain, and they were under duress, forced to receive the Torah. Hence the Torah would have no binding nature upon them, which is the point that Rav Achaba Yaakov makes, to which Rav says, you're right, but there was an acceptance later on in history when the Jews, after the tragic events, potentially tragic events, of Haman gaining power in Persia and Medea, that the Jews were threatened with the possibility of total annihilation, to which they did tshuva. As a result of their tshuva, they were spared. As a result, they kept upon themselves, except upon themselves, the four mitzvahs of Purim, the four mitzvahs of Purim are Mishteh Vesimcha, Matonis Levyonim, Mishloach Monois, and Kriyas Megillah. And those four mitzvahs, it says, when they resected upon them, those four mitzvahs, they simultaneously accepted upon themselves the entire Torah. So the acceptance of those four mitzvahs wasn't limited to the four, it extended to Tariyag as well. And therefore, they accepted. Now, this Gemara is extremely problematic because the implication of the Gemara who's dealt with this in past is that from the time that the Jews received the Torah until Purim, the Torah wasn't binding. We'll have to see how the altar deals with this. But it's a problem because you see that the Jews throughout the generations from the receiving of the Torah until Purim were punished for doing things wrong, which means they were held responsible for what they did, which means the Torah was binding, otherwise it couldn't be punished or rewarded for that matter. So hence, you see, there's a massive problem with the Gemara from start to finish. I have no idea what the altar will say, but I'm anxious to know. Let us, perhaps, journey forward in Rabbi Yosef Yezul Hulvitz.
the altar Nevada's work and see how he understands this Chazal. I join you. Join me in this journey. Says the altar. The divrayim stumim umachim, and the words of Chazal are hidden and distant. Strange, bizarre. The first problem the altar has with the Gemara is what was the necessity to do it in the first place? Haloi, behold. They reached this incredibly high level of spiritual excellence. They even reached the level whereby they'd said <coughs> prior to Nishma. And when they said those words, as we've discussed in depth in previous Shi'urim, their pollution that was put into Adam Arishan at the time of the Chait of the sin ceased ceased. And they reached the level of automation prior to the chait. So what was the goal? So he's got an even more fundamental question. Why bother? What was preventing them? And bothered them. And it was so hard. Until it became imperative to force them. They were standing at the level where they had cast off their physicality. Materialism played no part in their beings. So what could it have been that held them back from fully engaging in the Teira HaKadeshah. And what's even more <laughs> astonishing is that the, 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 the generation that lived in the times of Xerxes that door that fell prey to the seductions of Persian temptation and when invited to attend the feast of Xerxes himself, they did partake in it. And they lived in a time when there were all the distractions and the temptations of the pleasures of the flesh. Therefore it's highly astonishing. How were they able to get rid of their past? It changed their lifestyle completely. And then commit to organizing their life and living it according to the way of the Torah. Davka Davka that generation, That generation received the Torah with complete and total willfulness. And total choice. And not from Jurists. And the generation that stood at the foot of Sinai, that they reached the level of pure Seichel. And they stood above all those things which bother and distract. And circumstances which pull a person away. By them it was said that they needed the duress. 
It's, would just, one would think it would be the opposite way around. One would think that in the time when a person is in the rut of the temptation of the materialistic world, he'll need some type of strong incentive, if not coercion, to leave the temptations. And when a person's on the highest and most elevated spiritual plane, it would be but a song and a dance for him to commit to total and utter spiritual servitude, which would be equivalent to his liberation. And therefore, why was it that Dafka, the generation of Sinai, required this coercion, yet the generation of Ahasuerus did not? It is a wonder, it is a pillar, it is Dvorim, Stumim, Umaflim. Continues the altar further, and he says, when we want to see the difference, what's the difference, the difference between Tzadikim and Roshan? The difference between a Tzadik and a Rosh is as follows. It's a Gemarin Sukkah. You all know it. Tzadikim nidme lohem kahar gavoya. Tzadikim, the Yetzirah appears to them as a high mountain and evil wicked people it appears as a hair's breadth what's pshat in the Gomorrah in Sukkah that says the Yetzirah of Arosha is like a hair's breadth yet the Yetzirah of a Tzaddik is like a mighty Everest why would that be? continues the altar by saying Biur Adavar the explanation of the matter is as follows. The power of the evil inclination and his strength is in this. He doesn't come and try to approach the person and say, listen buddy, give it all up. Come on. Shave off the payers, cast off the kippah, disrobe yourself of your fringes. Nay, the Yetzirah has different tactics and strategies. No, he doesn't have a pamachas, lahasito, lakres, akol, hafkir, es, atzmoy, legamre, and for a person to make himself kefke gomur, ki ozvadai, lo yishmaloi. If a person was so openly confronted, he wouldn't be tempted to disregard his entire life. Because he'd see that the pathway that he would be going to would be bitter and evil. And you'd see that bad middos, that those bad middos, you'd see also would take him out of the world. And therefore he'd pay no attention to the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah is far wiser than that and he comes in deceit and in military strategies. And when he wants to trap the person in his trap. He first seduces him. Listen! Like the hair's breath. He doesn't say to the person, Be Mechal Shabbos. It's terrible. How can you be Mechal Shabbos? There's this 
um, I once heard a description of a person who goes to Yeshiva, which is more relevant, I suppose, to people who come to Eretz Israel from more um, less serious backgrounds. Come to Eretz Israel and they get they get strengthened in their Judaism, but they're coming from so-called from backgrounds, but they they're really not that on the derech. And they come here and they get strong, and then they go back. And how do they fall? How do they fall? What happens? So they come back and they're strong and they learn and they show Shabbos and they everything. Vada Kash is not a question. And then all of a sudden, your friends invite them out for mm. friend them out for a meal, and uh, and they go to they go to huh? they go they they one second so they go they go they go go back to their home country and their friends say friends who are no longer on the path um, invite them out for a meal at a non-kosher restaurant. So they say, no, 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 I can't go, I can't go, I can't go to a non-kosher restaurant and um, it's not right. Ma- maybe next time. The minute they said maybe next time, so the authorities made headway. Next time they get phoned up because they were given an invitation to phone him again, he says, mm, do you know what? I'll go, but I'm not going to eat anything. And he sits there and while he's sitting there he thinks, you know, it's really enjoyable being here, but it's stupid for me just to sit here. There's nothing wrong with having a Coke. What's wrong with having a Coke? Glasses are fine, and it's cold, and Coke's kosher. So there's a Coke. Next time he goes and he's invited to go out, so of course there's no longer a question, does he go out, doesn't he go out? Of course he goes out. And of course he has a Coke. While he's drinking his Coke, he's thinking, you know, the truth is, if I look at the lettuce and make sure there's nothing wrong with it, there's nothing wrong with having a salad either. There's nothing wrong with having a salad. I'll have a salad. There's a Coke and a salad. And the next time he goes out, thinks to himself, do you know what, the truth is, what could be wrong with a salad with cheese? Cheese is made from milk, milk is kosher. Iron, it is perhaps made from animal fat. Chances are they're not going to use animal fat in cheese, it's too expensive, I'm sure it's fine. Great, so now he's having a salad with cheese. The next time he thinks the truth is I want something hot. I'm sure they've got a special french fry chip maker that doesn't, that's not, that they don't use for anything else. I might as well have chips as well, so now he's got a salad and chips. And then, he thinks to himself, the next time, the truth is, you know, there's nothing wrong with fish. What can be wrong with fish? So he has salad, chips and fish. And then he says to himself, do you know what? Who do you think, who do I think I'm kidding? I'm eating trave. I might as well go for a burger. Da-da. 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 That's the eight. Sorry, he says to you, do this, and then the same thing works. That's how the eight works. He chips away, chips away, chips away, chips away with, with everything. He says to you, person, the person, person gets to Shachris every day five minutes early. One day the eight says, why do you need to be there five minutes early? Be there on time. It's perfectly okay. Now he gets on time. Hey, sorry, says to him, once he's there on time. Do you know the truth is, they daven so slowly, you can definitely make Sukkah Zimra if you come five minutes late. No, come five minutes late. When you're coming five minutes late and you say to yourself, the truth is, the truth is, you know, if I'm another two minutes late, I can also make it. So you come two minutes late and then you realize you can't. But you still keep on coming two minutes late and then you now, big fears, don't say Sukkah Zimra. So then you say, well, since I'm not saying Sukkah Zimra anyway, I can come ten minutes late. Because I only say, Baruch She'omar, Asher, and the two Alukas, and the Yishtabach. So then you say, okay, I'll, I'll come t- 10 minutes late. And then the truth is, Tefillah stops being so gishmak because you're only doubling half the thing. 
So you, now you, you come 15 minutes late and you say and you say it while they're saying it and you basically just in the show and then you think, do you know what? It's so stupid that I even come to show. Might as well daven So you start davening bechidus. So now you're davening in your room and you think the truth is if I'm davening bechidus, the only thing which derives is shema. So I just put on tefillin and say shema. And then you say to yourself, the truth is like, who am I kidding? I mean, like, I'll just put on tefillin and I'll, I'll just like, you know, and I don't have to put on tefillin now because you can put tefillin the whole day. So I put on tefillin and then one day you start missing tefillin and then occasionally you put on tefillin and all of a sudden, shakris, everything goes out the window. And you only realize that when you say, oh, take up, stop governing. That's the way the actor works with everything. Just chips away, chips away, chips away, chips away until you don't realize, but you're suddenly in a different place the way. So that's the derech of the Yetzirah. But if we have said to you when you're coming five minutes early, how about you start davening in your room? You say, you shake it! How dare you suggest it! Was bin ich ein Goy! Right? I don't know. So the Yetzirah has his ways and he has his wiles and slowly but surely chips away. And the question is like this, that this, is, this is a concern like when we think about technology, how does it work? First of all, like cell phones were like cell phones. I remember when cell phones first came out and like it was considered for a woman completely and even for a man who's a respectable individual like it wasn't like how could you speak on the phone in the street there was like Ech! like what is this this is your dining room that you it's like having a conversation in the street that's pathetic like for sure a woman would never be seen with a phone in the street but the mailer comes in and then it's not a phone and then it's a in the phone creeps a stickler SMSing and we mail it once SMSing if I was nicht email yeah where does email come from ah I can help on door a browser euchet a browser is used for a browser a browser so we can have a mail it once we've got that ah the world's my oyster medjuk oyster it's takitreif it all works on a, on a global level, on a historical level. Yes, yeah, slowly but surely the Yetzirah comes, he creeps in through the back door, creeps in through the back door until all of a sudden you say, one second, where did my Yishka go? Wow, what am I living? I'm living in this world where I'm just paying lip service to Torah. And where's the fire? And where's the passion? And where's the Rebbeinoiselayim? Oh, oh, there's God in this religion? Gosh, I forgot about that. Hmm. That's an interesting shit you have. Oh, so then it becomes a machlekes. You have those Jews who say there is God in Judaism. They say no. Hadonish. Who said Jews don't got anything to do with God? I think I'm joking. Hello, reform movement. Hello. What happened to Moses Mendelssohn? Big, big Russia. What do you mean? Shomer halacha. Shomer halacha. What did he say? Two things. Don't say you kumpukan, and we want you to make tefillah an experience. So we have an organ in the shul. Nothing wrong with that. The tzarech tefillah. Ah, you don't want to get to play the organ. Beside get a non-Jew who's an expert player come into the shul and play the organ to enhance the services. And it's mutiligami api alocha because it's swiss to swiss to makametza. Playing a musical instrument on Shabbos is a is a derabonin. Asking a non-Jew to do something is an isdurabonin. When you ask a non-Jew to do an isdurabonin for the sake of a mitzvah, it's permitted. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong. So the Yetzirah crept in and it said, you know, why do we have to be so Jewish? Let us be a little bit German as well. Let us be a German on the outside and we will be a Jew in the inside. And then you say, okay. And two generations later, the banquet where you could only show your loyalty to the reform movement if you resolved to eat treif. And of his grandchildren, I don't know how many were Jewish, if any. But what happened? It was just an organ in the shul and no you kumpurkan. 
because yeah, it's a creeps in. It doesn't do in one stage, and then what happens? So you say, listen, why well, have we got the organ in the shul? You know, I can't trust the guy to be an organ in the shul. So I'm saying, what does he know from Twilla? Might as well get a year to do it. Don't you is the rabbon? And soft goes off as a Torah Twilla. Once a year is already playing the organ. Taka is playing the organ. He says, do you know what? This year is not a great organ player. We have to get the year from Yenna City. Yeah. How can you get there? Who has to go in his wagon? But it's Shabbos. No, we'll get a Goyish wagon driver. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Halacha becomes Hefka. And Yiddishkeit becomes custom. And then you can have the Reform movement where you can be a Reform Jew and not believe in God. You said God has to be part of the picture. Ah, it's an absurdity. And you can get to the stage that I saw a debate with my own two eyes of Jews for Yoshka Pandalik Jade Oitka taking the effect. Um, Jews for Jay and a person arguing, debating. Jews. <laughs> it can be a debate. The tumor that you can have a person that says, What do you mean? What's wrong with being Jewish and Christian? <laughs> What's wrong with being male and female? You idiot! And they can sit and have an extended debate. Esther, Zoe, Nana, Zoe, what's wrong? No, we're to come in. We're to come in. Someone going to you, how would you like to be a Jewish Christian? I beg your pardon. He said, well, you can believe it. You're just coming to the Lincoln Jade. The Torah forbids you to do so. And you can be perfectly Jewish. Really? What? As you understand, the Esther is pernicious in his attempts to undermine our Torah and our Voida. And we have to fight him off so that he doesn't even creep into the nth degree. Let us, perhaps at a later stage, maybe even in two days' time, revisit the altar and see where it takes us in our journey towards truth and away from the Shekhar, Almadi Shikra, the darkness. Um, where's that Russian?